Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Cinephile Hits of the Podcast, brought to you by the Ruminations Radio Network and sponsored by Film Obsessive. This is the Tyree Film Movie Debate, hosted by two film critics, cool dads, and struggling teachers. I'm Don Shanahan. And I'm Johnson. Will Johnson. Ooh, that's going to be a thing. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're kind of doing a... No. Well, you never know. (laughs) No, it won't be. It won't won't be on my list. Okay. Okay. Oh, speaking of that, ladies and gents, uh, (laughs) we are here for one of our deep cut episodes, one of our list shows, and uh, we're coming out of our little Guardians of the Galaxy retrospective where uh, we really, both of us, kind of really admire the arc of Peter Quill uh, done by uh, Chris Pratt, and we thought, well, what are some of your top heroes you know we the topic has been broached so we said let's make a list and pull this off now unlike our top 100 we didn't exactly like put the pub meeple ranking engine and like dig in kernel hard hardcore on it we just kind of slapped together things that really felt right um we've got a kind of a top five a little bit stretched to a top 10 if we want to and uh for this deep cut episode we're kind of going to go back and forth and talk about um some of our best and favorite heroes and the fun part is and i think will can explain this the best is uh we're putting shoes in different feet here right we are. Um, well, a couple of things first. In, in terms of heroes, mm. um, I at least my perspective, and this is how much we've prepared for this episode. But <laughs> uh, you know, in term, my definition of heroes as I'm defining them here is I'm looking at a number of factors. I'm looking at uh, okay. icon status. I'm looking at uh, you know the seminal nature of it, either in film history or with myself. Okay, um, and uh, I also should say that I'm looking at, I'm not including anti-heroes, really. I'm including people that for the the most part are tried and true heroes in the the sense of like the classical good versus evil sense. Because there are plenty of heroic people. And Mm -hmm. one of the lists we looked at was the AFI list. I mean, like, I guess, like, for instance, number one on the AFI list was Atticus Finch. Like, yes, of course, a true hero. But I think so. I think for the purposes of this, and if you could tell by yeah. Don's shirt, I think we're looking at that kind of, you know, um, elevated. Yeah. Not necessarily superheroes, but no. just like it's just there's a different way to define hero. So I'm I'm yeah. taking out anti-hero. I'm not counting like, you know, obviously nobody from like a gangster film or anything yeah. like, you know, where yeah. they're where they're uh, not villains, but they should be. You know, sure. that's why I joke about James Bond. I don't really think he's exactly a hero. Um, so that's that's where I come from. But when you say the other feet, so mm-hmm. when we did our top 100, I was a mixture of, you know, these are movies that are very personal to me and my favorites, but also things I think are the best, like a mixture. You're always like, you always have a best versus favorites kind of list. I do. Yeah. I'm going to be the one that's doing that here. I, some of the heroes I'm going to mention today are not necessarily my favorites, but I think okay. that they have the biggest impact. And are not only cool, but I think that they, because of their existence, led to the ability for there to be heroes that I like more or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's, I'm definitely going with more of a uh, best slash important more than favorite uh, thing here. And I think you're. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I'm going opposite. favorites, just straight lovers yeah. here. Uh, I uh, because I if I turn into the cinephile or put the movie critic hat that I normally do, yeah, Atticus Finch is number one and rightfully so. Uh, guys like that, you can put. I mean, you start to mix historical characters here. Like I would put, oh my gosh, I'd put like um, Oscar Schindler on this list. I would put um, uh, David Oyelowo's take on Martin Luther King from Selma on this list. I, I would I would have a far more fancy list if I really really went heroes um if i went meatball and just did sports i can go all day on this too oh, sure. yeah, no yeah. so 
So for me, I, I'm the same way. I, I stayed pretty tried and true in terms of like archetypal hero, but I did all favorites. So that's kind of where I landed. Um, but yeah, let's um, let's trade back and I, forth with some fives and some. Go, go ahead. I know that we said off mic that we were going to do our top fives and then do some honorable mentions. I think we should yeah. do the opposite. I think we should go our five honorable mentions, then the top five. Ed, just in oh. traditional okay. fashion, just Maybe because I'm stuff. trying trying to put those together. Because sure. I've been changing <laughs> positions, and I'm like, you know what? Let's just move uh-huh. on to... I, I wrinkled one, uh, too. You got me so, tripping with the James Bond thing, like, oh, that's kind of an anti-hero. Let me pull that off the line. Yeah, All right, I'm so I'll, I'll do kind of number 10 slash first of a couple of honorable mentions. Um, The only Marvel hero on my list is at number 10, and it's Captain America, played by Chris mm. Evans. Uh, okay. I um He's a true... I mean... The true blue hero uh not i know uh, the shirt says boy scout and uh captain america to me is always the closest thing to a superman s character in marvel because there's a lot of anti-heroes in that whole universe of people between from logan and wolverine all the way up to it's tony stark and some some assholes that are there that just happen to be really good good guys um maybe peter peter cole included to kind of loop back for where we were last episode but uh i do love chris evans and um and his uh the arc that he gets the the hero's arc of that whole obviously uh infinity phase is fantastic and love his ending you know you know he's able to go back get the girl have the old man moment i mean it's we 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 wish for so many heroes to get that get that lit right off in the sunset ending and he's one of the few that does and does so beautifully so i tip my head to chris evans and captain america yeah uh to comment on captain america i mean uh what i do like about him that maybe uh is a little bit different than Superman is that like he's willing to cause good trouble. Like if he really believes in something, he will disobey an order. Right. Like yeah. you do, you do kind of feel like Superman is the ultimate yes man, boy scout. Like, whereas mm-hmm. Captain America is like, Oh, I don't like this. I will fight for this to be right. Um, so I agree with you on Captain America. Great, cool. great movie choice. Uh, my first edition, uh, like I said, I'm not going to really rank these. I'm just going to sure. go with, but, but if I had to rank them, I guess my 10th choice would be, uh, this one might get some uh, get some laughs Ooh. out there, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna Ooh. go with Ash from the Evil Dead movie, specifically Army of Darkness. Good call. Uh, mainly because he is a I mean he is flawed, and and I have to emphasize that flawed does not mean antihero. Like antiheroes are are you know people that make questionable decisions, maybe have questionable morals and ethics. Um, but you know this you know I think true heroes have a good heart and do the right thing even if they have flaws like cowardice or something like ash Mm -hmm. does uh i know i just you know uh ash is just a hilarious quotable funny guy and you know uh just something that i've always when i saw that as a kid i just was always like i want to be cool like ash and that to me is a mixture of iconic fun funny uh and heroic because in the end he he does what he's supposed to do he saves he saves everybody from the deadites i like that i i I think cool factor has to be an ingredient in the list and where it goes. All right. Um, another honorable mention for me, and this is probably the most serious one on the list where again, playing the cinephile card, like the one Atticus Finch ish selection mm-hmm. is um, I have Captain John Miller from saving private Ryan. Nice. Um, I was thinking about that one. Myself, yeah. Actually. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I mean, Tom Hanks earned this, you know, Oh my God. It just his dying lines and just what he, what he did. Um, 
to kind of, you know, stay forthright with what he could do as a leader, get his guys through what he had to do, finish a mission, survive what he could survive, um, hold himself up to kind of be like, hey, the, the, I'm going to be an enigma to my guys, but I don't want this war to change because I, I got a girl back home. And like all the things you that normally spill out of a soldier's mouth are, are kind of a, a Loctite safe with this guy. And I really admired that at the same time as absolutely wonderful displays of heroism in, in a great movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Nothing more badass too than he knows he's dead. The tank's coming at him, and he oh. just takes out a little pistol oh. and just fire it like that's Love that so scene. cool. Yeah, great, mm. great hero moment. Yeah. Um, here's another one that's a little off the wall, but um, so uh, anyone who knows me knows that Lethal Weapon is my favorite Ooh, uh, yeah. action franchise. Now, when you're a kid, and I think when you're younger, you tend to uh, you know veer towards Riggs because he's louder he's he's more outlandish he's he takes mm-hmm. more risks he's funnier he's got a more tragic backstory uh but as i get older and i rewatch these i mean <laughs> i gotta i gotta go with murtaugh danny glover's murtaugh like in the four movies because he's got all the factors that i love he's he's insecure about his age his manliness his mm-hmm. um you know but he also does the right thing he's the ultimate wingman you know, he's ultimately protective. He can flip that switch if he needs to and get serious, but he's also, you know, I mean, I, I can think of so many badass moments with Danny Glover in those movies, but I can also think of his underrated comedic performances too. Oh, you know, like taking the bathtub. Yep. All that yeah, shit. Yep. To me, the, the big one I still quote to this day, I don't know why, like I'll just randomly say it. My kids will look at me is, um, is when his daughter's in the condom commercial and like one of his <laughs> sons is like, Oh, it's part of, it's part of, uh, uh, natural. What was it? What is it? Uh, Oh God, what does he say? I, I say, I quote it all the time. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but I'm freezing up on yeah. here, but he's just like human development. He's like human develop. What human, what, you know, like I just, <laughs> it, it, he has these moments where he just has these lines, you know, he always has that exasperated look. And, and to me, like a hero doesn't necessarily have to be like, to me being a family man and a hero, and especially in lethal weapon three, when he, ends up killing his son's friend who's like a gangbanger and he's only yep. like 16 or 17. The fact that he, you know, struggles with that because you know he's a good person and he knows that he had to kill a kid. And, you know, and like I said, all the situations where he's just like, fuck, I can't believe I'm going, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this with you, Riggs. But the fact that he does it. And of course, one of the greatest 80s moments of, you know, diplomatic immunity has been revoked. I mean, that's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. I know maybe not the most traditional hero, but I'm going to go Murtaugh. I'm going to go Murtaugh from Lethal Weapon 1 through 4. Now that I look at my list, I don't, I mean, I had law enforcement kind of with John Miller. I don't have a single cop on my list, so I I dig it. That's a nice pick. Um, My next one to me is the best face turn. I'll put the poor wrestling term in here. A heel turn to a face we've ever had in movie history. I'll put it on the spot is that I have the T-1000 from Terminator 2 because you took the baddest ass motherfucker in the world in 1984 and you switched him into a hero in 1991 and no, you cried his ending. That's not you the T-1000. That's the T-800. T-1000 is the bad the, guy. The, yeah, yeah, totally yeah. bad guy. My bad, my bad. But no, um, the fact that you got Schwarzenegger, now I know that's a bit of you know ego polishing, like I'm going to be the hero this time. I can just tell, I can read the production meaning from here. Like, But um, but to, to execute that face turn uh, mm-hmm. was brilliant in a movie that transcends 
you know, just date and technique and time. But like when, when we've talked about on this show is cry moments. Like when, when uh, I know now why you cry and you lower that guy into the molten metal at the end. And like, that's a hero moment. And like, oh, but you see the, and the, and the formative stuff that happens in the, in the small conversations along the way with him and John Connor over furlong here are just really nice scenes and, and an unexpected place for sure. Unexpected place, but well, yeah, Arnold, he, Arnold and T2. He was my, in my top five. So I'm going to, I'm going to just okay. comment on it now and I'll just let you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 But yeah. No, that to me is, you know, one thing I always loved in movies uh, and one of my favorite kind of subgenres of science fiction specifically is artificial intelligence. Mm. Um, you know, some of my favorite movies are like Ex Machina, Blade Runner, all these things that involve like what really is a human, you know, like, yeah. Um, and of course I grew up a Star Trek fan, you know, like, you know, data who is oh, the is great. most, the most unhuman of them all sometimes is the most human of them all. Agreed. Um, and to me, um, you know, Schwarzenegger gets a bad rap sometimes, but I think that he's actually a really good actor in parts. Like if you, if you go to his strengths, he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this one it is because even though he's technically emotionless, like he knows how to deliver the lines, he knows how to, um, he knows how to sell it. And, and, uh, I'm also a big sucker for single parent stories and I, I, I love the whole thing in there about how, like, you know, he ends up being a more of a father to John Connor than his actual father, you know, just stuff like that where it's just very moving, powerful. It's 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 another good mixture of comedy and seriousness. Oh yeah. And there's nothing more heroic than to me, which is my favorite quality in anybody is loyalty. Like, I mean, like this guy is literally the, the thing that defined him in the first one is the thing that makes him heroic in the second one, which is amazing. If he has a directive, He's mm-hmm. going to follow it from inception to death. To death. So it's hard to do. T- uh, I, I T- can't believe eight hundred or whatever switch, is though. great. Yeah, yeah great. What, what, I, I and and if you, I mean, when we all saw the teasers for that movie, like, there's no way that was going to happen because it's it had to surprise all of us in '91 because it sure surprised me. Um, well, then you you drop in a honorable okay. mention because I I t- tickled right. Terminator for you. Let's see, I've got one, two, three. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Maximus um from gladiator i think uh very old old school um you know not the the deepest most three-dimensional character but i think there's such an intensity and honesty in that performance by russell crowe who's one of my favorite actors also um and it's such a can't miss story of Mm -hmm. revenge and salvation that i mean you can't help but um root for that character and want him to succeed um and you know he has that great father-son relationship with Marcus Aurelius, and then you've got a great villain that he plays off against, and um, that's another one I showed my kid a couple years ago. I mean, they were sure. young, eleven or twelve, but like they were so moved by the story, and you can't do that without having that anchor. That's right, amazing hero that you're you're with all the way. So I'm gonna go yeah. Maximus. Like I said, is he my one of my favorite heroes of all time? Probably not, but. In terms of like yeah. most reliable, iconic, like Maximus is tough to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed on the AFI list he just made it in number fifty, but they just made that mm-hmm. list like you know three years after they made that movie. So I think yes. he'd be a little higher if we give him time. Um, funny thing for us, the Terminator from T two was three spots ahead of forty eight. So there's some we've picked okay. some low players from the top fifty, but we're there. Okay. Cool. Um, uh, the next uh, honorable mention for me. 
And it's um, this was the coin toss spot between James Bond and Batman, and I put Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, probably anti-heroish, but I think he's still on the side of yeah. we're going to fix the city for good. Um, Michael, I- I'll be the neighbor's speech that we laugh at all the time. Michael Keaton's by Matt Bannon, Seth Rogen, Stone, and High telling you about it. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, like uh, he's an easy one. We've we've talked Batman to death in a thousand places. I'm curious to see what they can do moving forward with that character. Um, I like where Pattinson was able to take it. I like um, thanks to that last 20 minutes where you know he realizes he can be a vessel for hope. So if that's the Batman moving forward, I'm down with that. I know James Gunn has other plans of Batman Brave and the Bold and a Damian Wayne Robin. Like let's see what happens. But um, in terms of like r- reliable character and again uh, iconic impact, and, pff, Batman's on the list. So yeah. Well, I mean. I don't think Batman's an anti-hero because like we were mentioning, I don't know if we mentioned this off air or on air, but we were talking about Robin hood. Like he's doing, he's technically breaking the law, but he's doing it in the spirit of doing good deeds. True. Yeah. And I think, I think even though Batman is a vigilante and he's got some mental health issues, you know, his purpose, his purpose is to protect the innocent and protect the citizens of his city. So I definitely don't see him as an anti-hero, just someone who has some emotional issues, (laughs) you know? So, Um, and I know that this has been a little bit of an urban legend or not an urban legend, but a little bit of, uh, uh, a mistake. Cause I, I think Batman has used guns in the past, but primarily he doesn't kill and he doesn't use guns for the most part. So that's kind of noble it in itself, you know? So, yeah, yeah. um, he wants to punish with justice. You know, I know he says he's vengeance, but you know, yeah. vengeance without like, you know, murdering, like he's not like the punisher, you know, no, he's not the punisher. So, what do you got uh, yeah. for another honorable mention as we get closer um, to our five here? Yeah, so I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. Um, Ooh, good pick. Good pick. Once again, not my favorite character mm-hmm. uh, from Lord of the Rings by a long shot. I mean, I love Viggo Mortensen as Aragorn. Don't get me wrong; he's a wonderful character. Yeah. And Who is your love- favorite character from Lord of the Rings? Uh, well, I mean, this one I don't know if you'd call him an antihero, but my my two favorite characters are Boromir and his brother Faramir because I love. Interesting. I love okay. that single parent. You know, father sure, issue sure. drama. I, I love the fact that Boromir is tortured by his flaws, and yeah. I do love his act of redemption. I mean, he has one of the most badass and redemptive deaths in cinema. It's true. So, Boromir is my favorite character, yeah. and, and Faramir's up there. But yeah. Aragorn is—I mean, Aragorn is—he's yeah. the king. I mean, he's the reason why we watch some of these movies. I mean, you he's could, you could, yep. you, you could argue Frodo is is also just as heroic. But I mean, in terms of like, like when I watch those movies, like you're, you can't help but be drawn to totally, um, uh, Viggo Mortensen in that movie. He's just too good. He's just too heroic, too, too amazing. Like the shot, the shot of him opening the doors in Helm's Deep with the, the, the oversaturated light, you know, and Mm -hmm. he's sweaty, the sweat coming off of him and. It's just like, dude, there's no more, no, no Uh, more badass than that, except maybe some of the ones I picked. You know, well, for, for me, yeah. my my Aragorn moment is uh, it's Return of the King. It's uh, when he turns, looks at everybody, and smiles for Frodo, and just runs yeah. to possible certain death, and he's down with that. And oh, that's where they're. That's so, I mean, oh, that's a, a moment of a thousand moments in that whole movie. But uh, sure, I'm a sure. Sam. I'm, I admit I'm a Samwise Gamgee guy because I'm a Rudy guy in Sean Astin's main. Sure. But uh, hard to argue with Aragorn. You know, um, there's a lot there's, of heroes you know, in those movies. But yeah, yeah. I think. I think and for me, they kind of yeah. they split the vote for me. Like I couldn't put one in my ten. There's not one in my ten. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I but I, I'm just I'm just looking at like movies I watched as a kid. Oh sure, not a kid. I was in college, but movies I watched as a youth. Movies that like characters that 
you know, you think of immediately when you think of a hero. Yeah. Like I said, maybe not my favorite, but definitely mm-hmm. one of the best is definitely Aragorn. Ask him. Good call. Um, my last honorable mention before we get to a five is Rocky Balboa played by Sylvester Stallone. Sure, um, sure. He's number, I think he's number seven on the AFI list and he's number six on mine. Um, I think my favorite performance from him of the group is Rocky Balboa when he's the older guy coming back. Absolutely. It's just a, I wish the whole thing ended right there. Um, no offense. Uh, Creed, Creed's, Creed's been nice. I like it, but man, that's if, if all we ever got to was that. He's really good. Yeah, no, no, if he ended, I will say for that character. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like, with the exception of Creed Two, I never feel like that character overstayed their welcome. I feel like every true. movie they made, even the flawed ones, yeah, have some kind of they're true to that character. Like I never agreed. Uh, like, and even the the trials and tribulations they go through, like you know Rocky Three, it's like he's too famous. He's become he's become yeah. lax in his training, you know, and, and he has to get his ass beat for him to realize, Oh crap. Mm-hmm. And sure. It gets a little bit, you know, uh, propaganda ish and four with, you know, like True. I'm going to go to Russia and make them cheer for Rocky. But yeah, for the most part, I mean, that character, you know, has stayed honest and true. It's, it's, you watch, like, I never think from Rocky one to Creed one, that mm-hmm. it's a, that it's a different person. I always Agreed. feel it's the same character. Yeah. So and the years the years add nice seasoning to it. It, it, it turns oh, out yeah. good. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I think Creed Two was like he gets the that first. nice ending with his son in Vancouver. My, you know the guy the guy from This Is Us, Milo Vinny. Like he gets yeah. the ending we probably needed in Creed One. You know where yeah, you go back but I just son, I but. just couldn't. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't. I, I just that I was it. too much for me, and I and I actually yeah. think that even though Sylvester Stallone is pissed about it, I think him not being in Creed three makes it better. I mean, I really totally do. agree. Totally agree. Um, so, uh, what's yeah. what's your next honorable mention? Because that should be your no. That's uh, that's all of them. I got them because one of them was oh, the T got it. the T eight hundred. So yeah. I'm just gonna let you pick the next one because that was I'll go with that as my number five for the top five of the T eight hundred. Okay, then my number five is Robin Hood. Um. I, I like, I mean, that's a classic old school story, uh, old school hero, you know, steal from the rich, give to the poor. You got to love that. That's a, whatever you want to call it, you know, you know, the, you know, um, blue, co- I know it's blue collar values in a time of tights and, and medieval this and that, but uh, every version of Robin Hood for me is a blast. Um, I like mm-hmm. Errol Flynn. Uh, I think I like Errol sure. Flynn even more than Kevin Costner, but Kevin Costner, like for obviously our age group, you know, I watched Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, till I roar at that tape, you know, and mm-hmm. Costner in hindsight is awful um, as, as a Robin Hood, but the movie sure gives him his moments to look just like a fucking badass. Like when oh, he sure. shoots that flaming arrow and they slow mow it and it just, he just, they make Kevin Costner look like a million bucks and they make mm-hmm. Alan Rickman look like a million bucks because uh, sometimes on this list is uh, maybe more so here than other places that I look at my top five like it's one of those classic you know um you know um bellerophon and, and uh, chimera where a hero is only good as his villain and uh when you have rickman and the sheriff of nottingham whether it's rickman or it's claude rains or, or it's other characters in other places like you you need a good hero to go up against a dastardly villain and like that's been the best part about robin hood for me is like you tend to have it well balanced by a pretty darn good villain i can't say that a lot about the other things I have above here in five where sure. they're just here. They're just heroes outright. And the villain is just mm-hmm. secondary, but you, you don't have a good Robin Hood movie without a good sheriff of Nottingham too. Sure. Yeah. Um, you were right, by the way, I did have one more honorable mention. I got mixed on my list. So I'll just go ahead and okay. do it real quick. Pop I'm going to go, go Tony Stark, Iron Man. Not obviously not my favorite. Don't blame me. Character, anyone who knows me, but 
I mean, in terms of an icon that revolutionized, you know, uh, the Hollywood system in terms of, Mm -hmm. you know, you you built an entire universe around this character, uh, plus played to perfection, almost so good by Robert Downey Jr. that he actually kind of became Tony Stark in real life, really. True. Um, But no, and what I loved about it is, uh, with the exception of maybe Age of Ultron, which uh, I hate because it took dumps on both Iron Man and Captain America in terms of their evolution. There was always something compelling in each entry they were in and that helped evolve that character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first one was obviously the classic tale of, you know, going from being a, a kind of despicable arms merchant into a superhero. And, you know, that's a classic story and he plays it well. You know, the second one, he's dealing with his mortality, coming to grips with his father. You know, Iron Man 3, he's dealing with his PTSD and his, his uh, panic attacks, which is personal to me. You know, uh, Civil War, he's got to go up against his friends. And then, of course, Infinity War and uh, Endgame. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, and then also he has the relationship with, um, uh, you know, Spider-Man. And, yeah. you know, just just it, there was always something interesting for him to do. You, you never felt like you never felt like that character was overplayed, kind of like Rocky. He just he always fit in where he was and they've ended him so far perfectly. Yep, yep. So perfectly. I'm hoping he never shows up again <sighs> uh, because I think I think it's one of the best arcs just i mean he, he even though he appeared in like nine movies mm-hmm. or something like that it, never overstayed his welcome never, never overstayed his welcome and yeah. uh you know uh it's just great so uh, i'm gonna go with iron man in terms of cultural importance iconography and obviously i mean i i, I love i love the guy so absolutely no you you pick good um number four and it's probably gonna be too low i'm mm-hmm. indiana jones Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, he's what is he number two on the AFI? Yeah, he's number two. Um, mm-hmm. Best Indiana Jones performance um, from the hero standpoint. It, I think it's still the first one, Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, where he just had, mm-hmm. would go to the ends of the earth to kind of you know do the right thing, get his girl, get his man, finish the job. I mean, I know uh, the shock, My favorite Indiana Jones movie is still The Last Crusade because the 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 father stuff with mm-hmm. Connery is awesome. And um, you've got this, you know, fantastic arc with the Holy Grail and, and the big test at the end. But I think Sean Connery steals a little bit of the thunder from Harrison, just ever so slightly in that third movie where pure hero performance, I put the, I go to the first one. Um, mm-hmm. He's that classic for me. The thing that the draw for Indiana Jones is one, like you said, kind of the devil may care adventure, the, you know, adventurous thing. He's a smart, intelligent man, which kind of helps a little bit. Like we, I mean, Sometimes this, these these heroes we that we look up to are all muscle or all gadgets or all this or all that. He's a guy who gets punched, punched his back, you know, gets injured, gets hurt, gets drunk. Um, he's a fallible man, but a, but an altruistic one that I really admire at the same time. And yeah, some of the one um, that classic version of like men want to be him, women want to be with him, like that total package in terms of just appeal. And it's Indiana Dam Jones. He's just inherited well, perfect. And since that was in my uh top five and and i don't need to add on to anything you say i will ask yeah. you though i'll ask you a question okay. instead since sure. i picked indiana jones as well he, he'd probably be my two or three somewhere around sure there, i get you know? it yeah um do you think now obviously we haven't seen much of it but you know coming mm-hmm. up soon we're going to get our fifth indiana jones yeah um do you do you think it's high risk high reward do you think that that her heroism that that iconography of that character is in jeopardy or do you think that if it's done right, it could amplify that heroism and make it continue to be a great character? Um, 
as a guy who's not a fan of the kingdom of the crystal skull, mm-hmm. I'm going to be the person that says there's nowhere to go, but up. Um, yeah. um, I do. I do trust James Mangold to give a serious take to a hero, like to watch Mangold do, um, three ten to Yuma to watch Mangold do, um, uh, Logan. I mean, like I, the dude, the mm-hmm. dude can take something that's big. Um, the dude can take an actor that is, that is, that is maybe heavy handed just because of the personality that they are and give them, um, weight and gravitas and even some fallibility along the way where mm-hmm. if there's a, if I, yeah, I mean, I know it's not Spielberg and I think we all maybe wish it was Spielberg, but if there's a guy who can maybe take, put a little edge to it, especially if this is the, the last time and I would hope it is, you know, um, but no, if, if you want one last run and to put a little extra oomph to it, I do trust James Mangold. Um, the I I haven't watched the trailer. Well, no, I I did. I actually got stuck watching the trailer because it played before Return of the Jedi. So now that I've seen that trailer, there's I've seen way too much in the movie. Um, it, and obviously there's risk there in terms of doing the de aging thing. But um, I think as That's much as good. we've talked, we we've talked about things being watered down in other shows like star Wars getting watered down, the more chapters you add to it. Um, Marvel sometimes being watered down, the more chapters you add to it. But, um, I think Harrison Ford is pretty safe where even if this movie is just one more dog, he's kind of indestructible, um, where mm-hmm. he'll always be this, it, it, he'll never be the reason the movie fails. And I think that's going to be right where this one lands, even if the rest of it's convoluted and mess. So we'll see. Okay. What do you think? Are you are you uh, t- trepidatious or are you good with it? Trepid- trepidatious. I don't think yeah. Crystal Skull. I did. I recently did a rewatch of all four with my daughter because yeah, um, show her Indiana Jones is. Um, I don't think it was as bad. The fourth mm. one was as bad as I remembered it being. Yeah. Um, it's still not great, but it's not yeah. as bad. But yeah, it's I, not because of him. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I I think there's nowhere to go up. But up, like you said, uh, mm-hmm. I am trepidatious because of the. It's not Spielberg. It's um, we do live in this era now. Now, it, you know, it can't. Uh, speaking of another Harrison Ford property that um, wasn't a cash grab, it was artistic breakthrough. Is my favorite movie ever, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. But we do live in an era of nostalgia grab, and you know, so if it's not done right, it could really damage the legacy a little bit. But yeah. I I mean I'm not I'm not gonna lie I'm gonna be there it's on my birthday I'm gonna be there on my birthday so right uh, <laughs> I will be there regardless so it doesn't okay. matter yeah so so we stole one together I think you have one to get through well I have three we, we matched on Jones I have three left as well so okay so we'll we'll stay with Harrison Ford I'll go Han Solo like I said I'm not I know, I'm not ranking me. these really but I'm gonna go Han Solo yeah. because I mean well you know, I, I gotta ask this question. Yeah, you have to rank Han Solo, Indiana Jones. Come on, I know it's like picking children I mean, here. It's but for podcast well, I, purposes, I'd probably go Han Solo over Indiana Jones just because of the impact it had on me as a kid. Um, okay, I, I definitely watched Star Wars more than Indiana Jones in my life. Right, 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 right. Um, so I would definitely go with, um, I would definitely go with Han Solo. I think, despite the fact that I don't really. I, the fact that I pretend the sequel trilogy doesn't exist, um, yep. he's, he's the best part of Force Awakens to me. Um, you know, the whole sequence of him, you know, I mean, I still get goosebumps when I see that scene of him saying, Chewie, we're home. The mm-hmm. whole thing of it's true, all of it, you know, mm-hmm. what he's talking about, because, you know, the beginning of these these movies, he was like, oh, it's a bunch of hocus pocus bullshit. Yep. 
And yep. now he's like, no, it's true. All of it's true. And like the, just the, the stuff in his eyes, the, the, the playfulness he has with Chewie and, and Force Awakens. Um, yeah, it just, I'm going to go Han Solo over Indiana Jones just for personal okay. reference. Okay. I guess. No, but, I, I have yeah. to admit, um, Han didn't make my top 10. I regret it. But, um, and this is one of those cases where I shouldn't be an asshole in saying this, but Alden Erlenreich sank the character for me. It, it, that, it's so, his take is mm. so bad. I just, it, it, oh, fair enough, and, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And um, I think on my, I, when I was making this list, maybe Han Solo to me played anti-hero and I'm like, I can't put him on this list. So, but no, I knew you'd cover him. Um, number three yeah. for me, um, uh, a lot of my reviews and a lot of the places, a lot of the things I gravitate to, maybe a lot of the things in my top 100 um, skewed to the idea of father figures, you know, um, and I didn't have the best dad growing up. Um, he's still in my life, which is great. And he's, 10 times better now than he was as a grandfather than he ever was as a father to me, um, mm. where I'm glad we're in a good place in our lives, my dad and I, but, um, for a long time, I didn't have good male examples in my life. And, um, I was a mama's boy hitting out in the kitchen. So the, one of the best father figure, uh, heroes to me is Shane from the movie Shane played by uh, Alan Ladd. Um, I just, um, I would, I, if a guy like that showed up in my life at that age, I'd be gobsmacked and awestruck by, just the, the the magic, not just because he's a gunslinger and the person like that, but just the way that that character carried himself to help the common man. Um, maybe he was on the run. Maybe he's got a sketchy history. We we know so little about Shane other than just what he did in the movie to to do all that. Shane's my number one western. I just really appreciate that the 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 the, the aesthetic that that character comes in on. I love the way he helps Joe start. Uh, you know, just you know, I know that the scene is like a probably a um a homoerotic thing where they're pulling the tree trunk out together and all that but like <laughs> i don't care it's just men helping men a uh, good dude with good dude but i love watching the kid uh react to shane and seeing that that, that story go a lot through that kid's eyes and uh just what shane looked like and, and moved like and, and acted like and again super strong morals and i really appreciate that where as a father figure magnet shane let me check hold on let me check something yeah, because uh, I know he's in the safe eye list too. Yeah, Shane uh, is twenty no actually, sixteen. Well, actually, I've never believe it or not, I've never seen the movie, but Ooh. I have read the book. I have too. I have a copy yeah. of the book. It's a great book. Good book. Um, I don't know. Is this on the cover? Is this uh, Alan? Ah, uh, I got my probably. Yeah, no, mm, no. That's that's made up for the book. He does not look that cool. Okay. Yeah, not dark either. Uh, like he's got light. Yeah, yeah. But uh, bought this at for one ninety nine. But uh, sat down, read this in one sitting. Great book. Nice great. short book. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing about the tree stump. I, I you know, just so I know. memorable. I, I, I yeah. love that. And you, you'll uh, see the movie too, and it'll be like, oh, we're going for the tree stump. Here it comes. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna. I gotta. That's on my list. You know, to see because it's on. I think it's on the AFI top one hundred. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's on Thousand and One Movies You Got to See Before You Die. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's it's one of those things I've got to see eventually. But uh, I do I do know where you're coming from because I have yeah. read. I, I like and and I and the movie probably touches on this. But what I love about the it's a perfect Western mm-hmm. trope of the mysterious stranger coming into town, fixing things, and then leaving. Yeah, you know uh, something that Clint Eastwood would make very popular. Um, 
but yeah, this uh, I loved the book. So I eventually I will get to the movie, but I yeah. totally see where you're coming from because I, I yeah I still have that image of Shane in my head from reading the book, and I, I probably haven't oh read yeah this like in, I haven't read this in five years, six years, something like that. So. But uh, but the movie like the movie does it for me too, where like um the music from it is what I hum to my it's what I hum to babies to help them go to sleep. Like I I hum <sighs> the chain I hum the chain theme. Victor nice. Young. Um, it's streaming on uh, Pluto. If you have Pluto with ads, good luck. But uh, it's there. Uh, yeah, I don't do Pluto. I've had bad experience with Pluto. But I don't blame no you there. Offense. Don't sponsor. That's why it's Pluto. not a planet. Um, uh, number two left. Two left. Okay. Uh, you than me. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go too deep into this one because I've talked about it before. Uh, okay. I've talked about it in other places, like kicking the seat. Uh, and I'm probably going to be talking about it at length in, if it's already come out, our Guardians 3 episode with Katie. Um, but you know what? I know it's a controversial choice, but, you know, one of my all-time favorites, I mean, if I had to rank him, he'd be two or three, is is Peter Quill, Star-Lord. I I fell in love with that character because he, he embodies some of the things we talked about with mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. And uh, another character for my last pick, which I think you'll kind of see a trend. Um, you know, someone who relies on humor to mask the pain, someone who goes through a lot of tragedy, but still is so incredibly hopeful and optimistic, someone who is incredibly loyal, um, someone who has incredible flaws that can really shake the foundations of the universe, but always has, you know, the, the right mindset in the end, you know, which is to, um, you know, and uh, unlike a lot of these picks where there's some father issues, though there are some father issues. True. Um, and we're recording this on Mother's Day. I love that uh, unending loyalty to his mother, you know, and mm. uh, I don't know, just thing. it's just uh, I, I think it's I think I don't think it's lost its its uh, power over. Uh, nope. I think if anything, I think, you know, like, for example, you know, Infinity War, I think he's one of the best actors in it. I think he gives us all a hundred percent. I mean, you can tell the difference between when um, Chris Pratt is doing the I'm in it for the paycheck Jurassic world films and the total care that he takes in this star Lord character that he clearly loves and has developed. Um, And I've never, you know, he does get a teeny bit, a teeny bit backseated a little bit in the most recent one. And that's okay because James Gunn favorite character is rocket. And Rocket, at least to a degree, is a little bit more important in the grand scheme of things in the third one. But, I mean, every appearance that he's in, be it the five minutes he's in Thor, Love and Thunder, the appearances, the brief appearance in Endgame, the large appearances in Infinity War, like, and then his own movies. I mean, he just gives an A+. A plus, and I'm just talking about the actor, but the character itself never fails. Like, I'm never bored with the character. I'm always identifying with them. Like that's, that's the key. And my last pick will be the same thing. Like I Mm -hmm. see a lot of myself in Quill. And I I think that's what makes a great hero is someone that you can identify with, but is also their own thing. You know? Yeah. I gotta, I gotta back you there. Like if there's, um, I know I picked Chris Evans because of the, the, just the true blue, you know, Mm -hmm. paragon of man stuck qualities that he is as a Marvel hero. But, um, if there is the easily the most approachable, most affable, most, most reachable, hero they've ever done in the marvel mcu so far i'm with you it's peter quill um mm-hmm. i i know we've talked about on this show about um how sometimes 
the arcs and the too many cooks in the kitchen when these characters get passed to different creators can kind of ruin them along the way. Like I, I know I've talked on this show about how Thor just is a fucking roller coaster and they've, he's been ruined once or twice and rebuilt and ruined and rebuilt and just inconsistent. Um, the one thing about Peter Quill and, and it was flirted with being, it was, it was in peril for a second in the second one, when you decide to make him a God, you know, or at least kind of a demigod or whatever he was going to go for with, you know, having internal level power. Um, but, um, the nice part about him is, is he is thanks to the affability and thanks to Chris Pratt. Um, they've been able to stay that character really consistent from a heart standpoint. Like I think they like that characters. I mean, he has his low moments. He drinks, he screws up, he makes mistakes and all that. But like the heart of that character has never wavered or or been turned, turned, turned away by this or that in another, in another iteration or another take or through another director Pratt. And I think that's the power of Pratt. Like he just keeps it so loose. So cool. And that, 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 yeah, just, indestructible to other people tinkering which is really good i can't say the well, same thing about I thor will. and other people and hulk and like thor's like a great example yeah. thor's a great example now, now here's the thing now star lord has been very um i think the reason why his character is so consistent is because in infinity war and endgame and thor love and thunder james mm-hmm. gunn wrote that dialogue for him and wrote those sequences yeah. so that helps because nah, you, you never, got a personal like, chef your dinners always taste good that's right because yeah. like for instance like to me like iron man 3 is one of my favorites because it's very shane black and so mm-hmm. when you get to age of ultron after that and he jettisons all the shane black stuff oh yeah he does you, yeah. you feel shaken and, and thor is a perfect example because you've got you know Kenneth Branagh doing stuff first, mm-hmm. and it's 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 embracing the mythology of it. Then you yep. got the uh, Game of Thrones guy doing it. Alan Taylor, yeah. It's, it's it's adding like the darkness to it, and then you got Taika Waititi going a whole different direction, yeah. And then doubling down on that, and then you've also got the Infinity where he, War stuff, yeah. where it's just it's, you know you, you yeah Thor is all over the place. Um, and a detriment to it, but uh, but Peter Quill, right. solid. Peter solid Quill has right. stayed pretty solid, but yeah, but yeah, um, that's, yeah. Star-Lord. My, Love my number two to bounce to your number one. Uh, my number two is Rick Blaine from Casablanca. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I'm not um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. So, uh, no, um, and I know he's on this AFI list. Like he's number three. Uh, no, four. Um, but no, like that's, and we've talked uh, Casablanca, so I'm not going to labor, you know, belabor this either. But, um, I, I like the, um, of the, of my 10, I do like a romantic hero. Um, you don't get a lot mm-hmm. of where they, where, what they fight for. We have a lot of guys who, I, unfortunately, on my list is men, but um, we have a lot. We have a big list of people, you know, heroes who fight for the people, fight for a cause, fight for all, mm-hmm. you know, fight for huger, larger things. This, Rick Blaine has a little bit of a cause in mind, knows that the cause is coming, gets tiptoes towards the greater mm-hmm. cause that is World War II, but really is there fighting for love. And I, and I know there's. I think there's more romantic swoons of characters in other places. I think if I was making a best list instead of a favorite list that, I mean, Patrick Sweezy and ghost, like there's some, there's some romantic fucking heroes out there um, where it, it's, I think even Maximus from gladiator is a more romantic hero sure. than Rick Blaine. But when you add in the rest of how Rick Blaine carries himself, I put that on a hero level because he's a hero to his friend. He's a hero to the cause. He's a hero to his status. He's an expat. Um, I, I just like the different, more complicated layers that are there versus just pure lover. I think that, like I said, you can find a lot more pure lovers out there, but this one's lover with wrinkles. And I, I always admired it. 
Well, before I get to my last one, I, I do want to ask you because yeah, I, I think the fact that we don't have any women on this list is more a comment on the industry than us as men. I, I mean, I think so too. Unfortunately, we are, we are, we, are, we were, we are men and, and we do want yeah. to see ourselves represented on screen. And that generally isn't uh, through the female eyes, though it can be, but who would be, I bet we'll have the same answer, but who would hmm. be one of the females you would come up with? What's the first female you come up with? That's oh. like your, your head. I got um, one I think I know yours, but let me turn my head and look at the wall real quick. Um, first woman here that comes to mind. You do yours first while I keep digging. Well, it's obviously Ripley from the Alien yeah. movies. I mean, that's that's you know that's a big one. One of the one of the first true iconic heroes, uh, female heroes that I had ever encountered as a mm-hmm. young man. So I, I mean, that's very iconic. Big. That's a good one. Um, if I, well, no, it's right over there. Um. Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz. Not gonna lie, nice. simple, no, that easy. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I could put Clarice Starling up there. I could put. Um, hmm. There's a couple others, but um, I like the mom in Room played by Brie Larson. But we're starting mm-hmm. to get to flaw. Yeah, true blue, especially with a list like this in terms of cultural impact and all that. I know everyone goes to the Wicked Witch of the West and is like the biggest iconic, remembering all the best lines, all the best moments in the Wizard of Oz, but. There's Judy Garland just singing and wanting to go back to family, keeping her people together. And I, I can admire that on a very simple yeah, level. That's, so that's a yeah. wonderful, Judy Garland. wonderful pick. Wonderful. Pick. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'll give you my last one. Um, yeah. This is like, like I said, I'm, I'm having a tough time ranking them, but this would probably be number four if I had a ranking, but it's in the top five for sure. And a huge character. We haven't mentioned him yet, which I'm kind of surprised of because, the movie okay. or the movie I'm thinking of is definitely in our top 100, if not our top 25, maybe. Okay. I'm going to go with Marty McFly back to the, the future. Yeah. Um, no one was freaking cooler in my world than Michael J. Fox in that movie. Um, I wanted to be him so bad. Like I loved him. And what I loved about him is the un, he didn't have the characteristics necessarily of a hero in the iconic sense. I mean, he's a short fellow, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, so he always seemed kind of underpowered compared to like the big bads like Biff, you know, he was kind of a goofy romantic, definitely a big music nerd, you know, uh, was, you know, unlike a lot of iconic heroes, like he really needs to be carried by a smarter guy Dr. Brown, because he's like, what the hell is a gigawatt or gigawatt? You know, like he doesn't he doesn't really know what he's doing, which I love. You know, um, he's emotional. You know, he's uh, you know, he's driven by the power of love, so to speak. I mean, he's he loves Doc. He loves his family, no matter how flawed they are. He wants to protect them. You know, Um, you know, it's I don't know. He's just he's one of the most perfect characters I think it's ever been written mm-hmm. in in what is the first movie, one of the best screenplays ever written. Um, so yeah, it's it's tough to not have Marty McFly on the hero list. Uh, now yeah. that one, I don't know. I mean, I I've shown my daughter Back to the Future, you know, and she enjoyed them, but I think she was a little too young. I I, mean, yeah. I am anxious to see how that affects because we talked about this in a prior episode about Return of the Jedi, but you know, how much is childhood nostalgia versus timeless, timeless mm-hmm. perfection or whatever. And so I am yeah. anxious to see like that unscientific example of like, if I show this to my kids, will it work? 
All I know is that it worked for me as a kid. It still does. I still love watching those movies and love watching him in them. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's he's probably one of my all-time favorite cinematic heroes. That's I a mean, good it, pick. the first one was Optimus Prime for the Transformers, and there then you it was go. Reply, so too bad there's the, no those, good movie version of Optimus Prime. Yeah. How the, uh, animated one? The animated one. He goes yeah. out like a boss. He's he does, awesome yeah. in that, but he's only in the movie for ten minutes. But still, I know. but yes, yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. No. Um. For Marty McFly, that's a good pick. Nowhere on the top fifty of uh, the AFI list, which is kind of surprising because there's some skinny picks when you get down at the bottom there, sure, or just sure. some. Um. But um, I just recently watched. Shout out to Hayden Mears, a uh, friend of the show. Um. We uh, I watched the Back to the Future trilogy all on the big screen, all in thirty five millimeter, uh, back to back to back for for a Robert Zemeckis film festival that was recently held in Chicago, the Music Box Theater. And uh, in that crowd, obviously, you have a massive amount of fanboys like us who were there, loved them all and stuff like that. But there were so many parents, especially for the first movie, um, that I watched in the audience bring first timers. Um, and I sat, um, I sat with, uh, a pair of first timers behind me. I sat with a pair of first timers, um, behind me and, um, you just hear the giddiness reactions. And then when the credits rolled and like where we're going, we don't need roads and like just the, 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 the lightning bolt literally and figuratively that is the ending of that movie. Those kids were buzzing. And we, uh, us veterans who were sitting there, Hayden and I are like, will you stay for the next two? And the parents like, no, nah, just one, you know, but, um, but, uh, those kids were, those kids had a moment like this was maybe, a thing. Yeah. Maybe a good decision too. I mean, cause I think two I gets think heavy. Two, yeah. Literally I think two <laughs> is, is good. I think two is a great yeah, movie, like but it, it is a, the tonal shift, the, the mm. meanness in that movie is quite shocking yeah, yeah. compared to, the general eighties pleasantness of the first one. Yeah. You know, I mean like Biff is like a fucking serial killer in the second one. Like, you know, and the stuff gets really dark. Like there's some Mm -hmm. really, I mean, especially alternate 1985 is disturbing. Like I remember watching that as a kid and being like, this is not like back to the future. And that, and that's fine. It's a good movie, but yeah, I, I would see if you're a first timer, and you get that high off that where we're going, we don't need roads. And then part two starts out with you literally not needing roads because they're flying in 2015 it's like i can see how that might be a little bit of a drop-off so good for them yeah for good good uh, parents for even bringing them you know yeah Yeah. exactly exactly yeah you gotta go with the first let the let the kids find those other two on their own but yeah the first one and i for for him not to be anywhere near my list is probably a splitting hair thing where part of me is probably the person who thinks doc brown's the bigger hero in that movie than marty where or they're or they're or they're so linked together you can't split them, you know, or at least for well, me, like best duos in history is where I'm at there, you know, definitely three because it's that part three is more of a doc Brown story than a Martin totally doc Brown movie for sure. Yeah. So and, the I, and I know three is a silly Western, but man, that was fun on the big screen too. Three you know? is fun, oh, man. Three. three is and that was, and, and the reason why two and three work so well is not only because you have the creative continuity of the right. director and writers, but they filmed two and three at the same time, which was mm-hmm. kind of a novel concept at the time. So even though three is kind of out there being a Western, it flows so organically with the second one because they wrote both of those together in mind. Like we, they knew two and three were going to go together as a piece because right. I think two was 89 and, and three was 90. That's right. Um, so, so there's, there's kind of a continuity there that helps it. Like, I feel like if there was like a three year gap or something, between two and three, like that Western angle would be too much of a, um, uh, yeah. too much of a thing to, to swallow, but you know, they set up so much stuff into like, you know, with him being able to 
you know, mm-hmm. shoot the yellow, you're scared, you're chicken, yeah. all that stuff. Like they do a great job of setting it up. So it, it flows organically, but yeah, three is Marty McFly does kind of take a backseat to doc Brown in that one, which is definitely totally fine. That's not yeah. a problem, but uh, no. yeah. Um, last one, my number one, we have 10 minutes left. Um, the shirt says it all. The cape mm-hmm. says it all. It's Superman. Oh, you got a cape um, too? I have nice. a cape on this shirt too. So no, for me, yeah. um, true blue Midwestern values, true blue good guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, I'm a, I'm a gravel, I'm a gravel road farm kid. I'm a Midwesterner where mm-hmm. the a kid from Kansas who is raised right, raised probably super conservative. Now, if I put some political commentary in a Superman, um, but um, I just and Christopher Reeve just. I know everyone loves Henry Cavill right now, and I get why because he's you know he's a he's a, he's a brick shit house and he looks great. Uh, there's a, a large Does enough contingent that that loves Henry Cavill. I don't. He looks the part from the chin down, uh, but but everything that Christopher yeah. Reeve did in that character to make you believe a man can fly, like the poster says, but also mm-hmm. to um, embody Clark Kent, embody the um the forthrightness of that character but also the innocence of that character i just i really admire it and i i know we're going to talk we well by the time this recording comes out we have talked at length about this on on ian's kicking the seat show so um yeah superman is is a no no brainer slam dunk for me um it hit me at the right time as a kid i've been able to also take my kids to see that movie on the big screen which they Mm -hmm. loved um i thought that I thought they that movie would be too long because Superman doesn't show up for like 55 is, minutes of the movie. It is a little slow from what I remember. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a while now. I'm going to rewatch them for, for shows, but right. So they did enjoy it though. They did. They did. Like one, I mean, okay. once business picks up, thank, thankfully, like the helicopter scene and it just keeps turning into great, awesome things that he does with the rest of the movie. So mm-hmm. um, we've watched Superman two with the kids and uh, you kind of get the origin stuff out of the way and just have a Superman movie, which is good too. Um, so yeah. And just Christopher Reeve. I mean, that's he will always be a tough act to follow. And I don't know what James Gunn has up his sleeve with what with the next person to play Superman and someone always will. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a digging Tyler Hockland on television, but at the same time, we'll, we'll see what happens next. But yeah, number one is Christopher Reeve. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Totally. Yeah. Totally fine. I agree with you. Great actor looks the part. Oh, um, yeah. And, and I think every, everybody that's played Superman since at least on the big screen, has captured elements, but not both. Uh, like, sure. like for me, Brandon Routh was a great Clark Kent, but not a great Agreed. Superman. I think yeah. Henry well Cavill yeah. was a terrible Clark Kent, but a decent Superman. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Christopher Reeve is the best of both worlds. And you need yeah, I that agree. because yeah. in, superhero, in superhero lore, I've, I've harped on this. This is why Marvel has been such a success because it's not about the suits and the iconography. It's about the characters underneath. It's about the Tony Starks, not the That's Iron right. Man. It's a, and you need a Clark Kent to fully mm-hmm. make a Superman work. And uh, yeah. he, he's able to do both. If I'm James Gunn, I'm auditioning Clark Kent before I'm ever auditioning how good you look in tights. I'm right there with you. Got to have it. We'll see. Absolutely. Absolutely. This was fun. We should do this again yeah. for villains, shouldn't we? Someday. Yeah, that one's going to take some research because I got villains for days. I mean, villains yeah. are, you know, yeah. day. those are no one loves anything more than a good villain you know so mm-hmm. <laughs> and that one we don't have any hairs to split like no if you're no. a villain you're all bad and, and you know uh I, I think maybe we could say you know if they end up turning good like a darth vader i guess maybe it doesn't count i don't know we, but i i'm willing to narrow the list down and not put terminator not put darth vader i'm willing to go yeah, bad yeah, to the yeah. end Bad to, about okay, it. yeah, yeah, for sure. But Bad look forward to that, guys. Um, yeah, not this summer, some down the road. 
summer we've got and we got yeah. all kinds of other stuff coming up which mm-hmm. i hope you guys enjoy but uh yeah any final thoughts on your heroes no nah, i'm gonna take this cape and fly out of this room man uh, i love it i love it so everybody out there follow us on twitter at cinephile fit on facebook at cinephile his fit podcast and instagram at cinephile fits find both of us by name on letterbox to check out our film reviews and ratings we are also on Rotten Tomatoes, and we are charter members of the Independent Film Critics of America. Thank you so much for your loyal listenership and our tussles and for connecting with us on social media. Cinephile Hissy Fit is a Ruminations Radio Network podcast sponsored by Film Obsessive and 25YL Media. If you enjoyed this show, the Ruminations Radio Network has more excellent programming with stellar hosts and spirited topics. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our show and others on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Take care, everybody.